The big test was actually adding a URL to the ad copy of an ad. So right out the gate, one of the biggest hangups in this is that when you preview the ad on Instagram, you'll notice it doesn't hyperlink it like it does on Facebook. We'd expect the Facebook brands to perform better. We pushed quite a bit of spend through this test across multiple brands. And uh, yeah, we on every brand saw a lift um, and the lift varied between 10 and 50% and the lift being on Rovaz. So pretty big impact there, which to be honest, I probably wouldn't have expected myself. There's never a guarantee that something like this will improve performance for your brand. But based on this data, it's definitely an interesting test to try. Is 2023 the year you launched the merch store for your brand? If you're looking for a new revenue line and a way to increase brand loyalty and LTV, you might want to consider it, especially when there's players out there like Printful that make it easy to build your brand's line of merch without any of the operational headaches of inventory management or stock forecasting. Printful's product options run the gamut from socks to hoodies to home decor and everything super high quality with printing options that will look amazing with your brand's design on it. If you've got merch on the mind in 2023, think Printful and go to printful.com slash enterprise to start creating today. It's all killer, no filler. The D2C Podcast, I'm Eric Dick, and today we are here with Cam and Taylor, our socials technical director at Pilot House. We have something really exciting to talk about today. We've, we, we talk about testing all the time on the All Killer No Filler show and on the D2C podcast. And uh, we have some great results from the way that we've been testing at Pilot House uh, for a number of our clients. And let's start, Taylor, explain uh, what pods are and then go into what pod testing is. Yeah, so pods are a structure within uh, the socials department. Uh, it also lives in some of our other departments. But within the socials department, it is essentially groups of brands or accounts that then work underneath uh, Podlead, who adds extra resource for support and overseeing and um, and things like that. But the bigger idea behind the pod is that it's a collective group that meets on a weekly basis, no matter, uh, you might work on different brands, you have some crossover on brands because we have multiple media buyers and content managers that work together on them. But the whole idea is, is just, it creates a space for deep shared knowledge, the ability to pivot and then move and support other projects happening within the pod and uh, and share knowledge and, and transfer and then a bit of competition between pods as well, healthy competition, gathering different learnings and approaching things in different ways at times to, to benefit the overall. I love it. It really leans into the strength of the agency model. You know, a lot of brands want to build in-house, but they worry about being siloed. You can see how, you know, as a company grows bigger, you could you could get siloed even in a company. So I think it's pretty awesome to have this sort of like cross-collaboration among, among team members in these pods. So that's pretty sweet. So then what is pod testing? Yeah, so pod testing is an initiative that we've rolled out that ultimately aims to verify hypotheses that we have as we're going through and learning from each brand we work with and building our processes to understand, hey, is this question that we have actually true? And how do we get statistical significance within a pretty reasonable window of time, a short window to understand the impact? And then is it something that could benefit more brands we're working with by sharing that knowledge about whatever that test result is? So it's, it's a really powerful uh, way of verifying questions that us, our clients, and the greater, uh, broader industry might have about things. Well, let's get right into it. I know we've got some exciting results here. So what what was the first hypothesis that you wanted to test? Yeah, so the first one that we tested was a little bit more of a, a technical content type one. So a lot of brands are probably familiar with whitelisting and dark posting. Um, historically, before Meta added the branded content 
checkbox or feature that you can click at the ad level to basically set it so that when you're tagging a partner, a partner's page or profile, it'll say brand in partnership with them at the top. Before that, it was uh, you typically have to do something like get access to their page and profile and then run the ad out of that, tag the business in the ad copy somewhere, something like that, and, um, and run it a little bit more like that. So you, you wouldn't see the brand's name per se in the very top of the profile. You would see that, that influencer's profile. Um, so it's basically meant that now there are technically two ways of, of doing that. Um, generally speaking, we wanted to see like, hey, which, which performs better, the newer or the old? Um, I will note that uh, the, the branded content one, it is like a, an approved, confirmed process at, at Meta. Um, I joined a webinar last year for agency partners where they did speak to a basically a benefit being in place, like a, a benefit to traffic by opting into that service um, based on priorities. My understanding was priorities that they had for it so that we knew that there was some sort of unknown kind of benefit from running it but we'd seen some different results between that and the the older style which um is uh yeah is, is they've kind of generally been moving away from but classic test between what a platform says and what the media buyers want or what the media buyers was classic classic crux exactly yeah you could kind of get into the the branded versus scrappy type approach in, in this that could be another way to frame it but basically we, we took a look um we tested it across multiple brands where the brands were had been kind of opted into running this this style and um yeah we ended up seeing generally speaking the the branded content feature looked stronger in broad more top of funnel type audiences and the 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 kind of old old way of whitelisting looked stronger in the retargeting audiences, which was interesting and kind of aligned to probably what our hypothesis would be. You gain some sort of traffic benefit, you're generating more awareness at the top of funnel, and then at the bottom of funnel, you want to lean into those um, that that other perspective of of uh, the content. So um, that the was- native experience too. Versus, I feel like you'd want to leverage as much uh, you know awareness as you can top of funnel. So you'd want to have both those brands out there potentially, but then bottom of funnel, you're looking for that like native experience that's like designed to convert, um, which the old style of dark posting represents. From a user experience perspective is like really the crux of the differences between the two is like brand X influencer versus just influencer. Like that really is the biggest user, like the difference for the user. Yeah. Interesting. Very cool. So what's our, what's our uh, hypothesis then externally is that we should be, yeah, I, I guess lean into creative that uses the branded content option top of funnel. And uh, if you're able to go into dark posting, lower, lower funnel. Yeah. It's, it's one of those, again, like it, it kind of falls into the, it depends and you should, you should test everything that you're comfortable with um, and, and see an opportunity with, we see an opportunity to test both in most cases. So it's uh, it's worth seeing what works best for your brand. Cause it, it, uh, it can differ, but both, both show potential in different parts of the funnel. And we're still breaking out campaigns by top of funnel, bottom of funnel content generally, or is it sort of all in one campaign these days? It's interesting. I would say it's it's pretty fluid um, is, is kind of how I would explain it. Like there's a huge advantage plus wave, um, which kind of breaks down those barriers quite a bit. So it's it's a bit of both. Um, and it, it again kind of depends too on like, are you using CBO? Are you using ABO? Um, there's lots of potential for, for different test opportunities here based on this discussion, but um, it's, a, it's a mix of both. But generally speaking, if you're breaking it out by the part of the funnel, it gives you more control and gives you the opportunity to lean into some uh, potential benefits like what we saw from, from this test um, in our case. So, yeah. Very cool. 
Are we going into the big one next? There's there's one of these results that was a big time needle mover that everyone who listens to this podcast should be testing. Could be an industry sensation, not to overhype it. No pressure. Yeah. Honestly, it had kind of mixed opinions within uh, our, our group of media buyers. Like we, we all kind of thought differently. Like some people love it. Some people, you know, see some of the flaws in, in this format. But the big test was actually running, uh, adding a URL to the ad copy of an ad. So we did test top of ad copy versus bottom. But the big test was really like including a URL and not including a URL. So right out the gate, one of the biggest hangups in this is that when you preview the ad on Instagram, you'll notice it doesn't hyperlink it like it does on Facebook. So there's a bit of a difference there. So again, kind of depending on the brand, we thought, hey, like some brands, they see better performance on Instagram sometimes, some see better on Facebook, this might be interesting. We'd expect the Facebook brands to perform better. We pushed quite a bit of spend through this test across multiple brands. We standardized a lot of variables, so we did make sure that each brand was running uh, their top ad copy with uh, the CTA URL basically in the first three lines, so you could see the URL above the fold. And then there was a version where the URL was in the last line, um, so it was uh, either under the fold or at the very end statement there. Um, ran the same audiences, ran them in the same campaign structure, and uh, yeah, we on every brand saw a lift that was included in the test um, and the lift varied between 10 and 50% and the lift being on ROAS, uh, click-based ROAS. So um, pretty big impact there, which to be honest, I, I probably wouldn't have expected myself from this test, but um, I think what it, it, you know, there's no, never a guarantee that something like this will improve performance for your brand, but it's again, based on this data, it's definitely an interesting test to try. Pretty easy, low lift. And, and what's like? What's the easiest example? It would be ad for brand A, and in the copy you're talking about product A, and it would be like, here's a link to the product page. Yeah, most of our cases we ran links to honestly just the homepage of the brand. Again, it kind of depends on on what you want to do. Like, you can wrap it using a shortener. You can run to the homepage. You can make it look very branded and feel very nice and like elegant as well, which some of our brands saw success doing that. Um, so there, there's a lot of different ways of doing it. But yeah, that that was the way that we. We typically did it there. And it was really interesting too. Like one of our brands that we tested it on, um, they're pretty Instagram dominant. And so you think, okay, maybe it's it's not gonna perform. They saw a 46% decrease to CPA from the ads with the URL in it. And it looked, I looked through all the metrics. A lot of it looked pretty comparable. It didn't look like um, any sort of strange outlier there. Um, we did generally see a little bit of a, a shift towards spend on Facebook, where and then it was performing better than some of the average Facebook performance. So um, it potentially signaled just an opportunity to take some of that creative and apply it to a, a segment that it likely wasn't reaching before, which was really interesting. Did it matter where? Did it matter where the? Yeah, I, I was going to ask too. Yeah, yeah. So it, it it was a little bit brand to brand on that one. Um, this is why I think it's worth testing. One brand saw a 10% decrease to CPA by including it at the bottom. Um, the URL at the top, though, ended up doubling their CPA. So that's, that's an yeah, interesting that takeaway. Um, another one saw it do better by placing it at the top. So it's, it's interesting. If that was a little bit more mixed, generally speaking, though, the, the addition of a, a URL did outperform not having one. Where did the 46% one, uh, the 46% decrease in CPA, would you know if that was at the top or bottom? Yeah, that one was at the bottom. So it leans bottom. it leans bottom, but um, generally speaking, it's it's worth checking both because there were cases at the top outperforming too. Can you ever do you ever throw it in there on the headline 
Is, is, are there any other places you could just be testing the, U, the power of the URL? It's a good question. We, we didn't try that in this test. I mean, hey, it's a, it's, this is one of those tests that I think it's worth getting creative with, uh, exactly as you said, like try, try and see how that, how that goes. I mean, there is usually a, like a little domain uh, call out above that headline space, but you could probably get creative with how you, how you, uh, how you wrap it or anything like that. Cool. Well, test. This is. So, I think it's something we talked about actually in one of the very first D 2 C podcasts. One of the very first all killer no fillers. We talked about adding your URL to your ad copy, uh, and it's, it's. I know it's something we've been doing as a company ever since, and I'm sure lots of our listeners have as well. But it's cool to actually have majorly statistically statistically significant data. Can you speak at all about like what were what sort of scales these tests are being run at in order to get statistically significant data? Yeah, like I, I can say that this test ran at over five figures of spend. So like we did put a decent amount behind it. We're, we're always working to try to balance speed and relevance with that scale. Um, so that test specifically, four brands at more than five figures of spend total. Um, and each, our general qualifications for each one is we want multiple brands. We want to make sure it's, it's actually going to be relevant and you feel like you can trust the insight enough to test it and, and see value from it. Um, but that that's a, a rough kind of outline of what our structure is at this point. All right. What's the, uh, we have one more uh, t- uh, pod test that we're going to cover today. What, what was your hypothesis about this one? Yeah. So the third pod test that we pushed a decent amount of budget through, again, another five figure plus spend with multiple brands was a, a more of like a short form versus mid form copy test where cell A looked at pretty simple to the point and cell B looked at adding a lot more adjectives to it. Um, so really trying to share as much as you can and, and help someone feel and experience the product as they're reading it versus a more direct, like, okay, I, I can get a sense of what that experience might be just by reading it. Because a common question is always like short form or long form, like, you know, which, which makes more sense being super concise or leaning into some of that longer content and in the pre-click side of things. So that was the first test. Yeah, give us an example of, I think you have some copy there that you could kind of read just so people really understand. I think this is really simple. It's really just about adding more than one adjective with commas when you're describing things, which sometimes you feel cheesy about as a marketer. You're like, dude, should I just write one thing that's straight to the point or should I try to add on more and more descriptors? Yeah, so the fir- the shorter example is enhance your casual style with product from brand that withstands the demands of your busy day. So everything's above the fold. There's you know only really one descriptor, maybe two in there. Um, second example, which outperformed in this case across the board, uh, was experience the perfect blend of fashion and comfort with our affordable, diverse, and fashionable collection of product in these options. Yeah, it's like almost like create like your little mind map of all the description words that best appeal to your audience. Affordable, seamless, quick, blah, blah, blah. Just like spam it into your ad copy to really paint a picture. It's like black and white, it does the job versus like a color painting that really tells a better story. With commas. (laughs) Just add them on there. I always, whenever I'm writing marketing copy, I'm always like, I could just, like, I, I always want to try to combine those things and, and get more detail in. And I worry that, you, that you're losing points because you're not being concise enough. But nope, when it comes to ads, spam those adjectives, don't look back. Yeah, and I find like a helpful exercise that I use all the time is I might go crazy the first time around, list all my ideas, get it out there, and then I'll go back and I'll spend, you know, five to 10 times longer going back and editing to make sure it's really well structured. And as a reader, I'm enjoying this. Um, I might send it to a coworker or a colleague to read over it and say, hey, how does that look? And then they'll, they'll catch it. And then by that point, we've got something really great. And what kind of lift did we see from the adjective spamming? 
Yeah, we ended up seeing um, anywhere from like high high end. We saw multiple times lift in some cases, but generally speaking, the average was approximately twenty percent better. So notable, but again, it's one of those ones where I wouldn't say just lean into one. Like try try both if you're looking at a new test. Make sure you include this uh, this version and see see how it does for your brand. Very cool. Definitely a bunch of things to test here. You add a URL on the end of one of those ads, you're you're laughing. Exactly. Yeah, and like how simple all these things are to, to actually implement like immediately in your ad account. It's super, super actionable. Yeah, lots of great things you can test here. Lots of uh, actionable items for you. So if you have a chance to test any of these, I want you to email me at eric at directconsumer.co. You can tweet at me at Eric Allen Dick or at D2C Newsletter. Let us know if any of these work for you. Yeah, and if anyone has any ideas for future pod tests for us to run on a meta, make sure to let us know too. Uh, CC me on there, Cam Pilot House, or tweet us, uh, Pilot House Digital. I would love to crowdsource some more ideas for the teams and pods to test. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you're not getting the D2C newsletter, you can subscribe for free at directtoconsumer.co. And if you want to learn more about Pilot House's all-killer, no-filler services, take off to pilothouse.co. I'm Eric Dick, and this has been the D2C Podcast. We'll see you next time.